0: Another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Adam Gobeski,
1: and I am Charlie Wallace. And today we have two exemplary guests with us. Uh, our first is Doug Gobeski. Hello. And our second is Paul Wilcox.
2: Great to be here, Robert. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I just I wanted to pretend I was talking to Robert Siegel for a second. There. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just we had such an NPR <laughs> intro that I. All, I really like wanted that. to talk to a real, real life journalist celebrity.
0: And you <laughs> wanted to talk to Robert the Seagull? Did you say? Ah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the other room, probably right now, going, "What the hell?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're already to the call in part. <laughs> <laughs> That usually doesn't until about forty-five minutes in. <laughs> He's about to do Godzilla's roar. <laughs> I actually saw uh, Shin Godzilla this past week. Oh no, spoilers! I got the the Blu-ray for Christmas. Oh, nice. <laughs> so oh. I'm I'm pretty excited. I hear it's supposed to be pretty good.
3: Um, I liked it. Nice. Definitely liked it better than the Breaking Bad Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. That one was uh, see. I watched a Breaking Bad one after Shin Godzilla, so I was very disappointed. Mm.
0: What What is the Breaking Bad Godzilla? Did Breaking Bad do a Godzilla episode?
2: No, but if they did, that would have been like.
0: Uh, oh, this is a serious <laughs> question. What are you talking about?
3: Oh, the, the Godzilla yeah. movie with Brian Cranston. <laughs> was That's it, right.
0: Twenty
2: fourteen Godzilla. Something like that.
0: Oh. I guess he is on that. Wait, why is Brian Cranston the name that sticks out for you for that? Why not like Aaron Taylor Johnson or Elizabeth Olsen?
2: Because I haven't heard of either of those other people personally.
3: (laughs) Generic actor and actress and Brian Cranston.
0: They're Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch.
3: Which Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch? (laughs) Who who now?
0: old one. The Marvel ones.
3: The Avengers ones or the X-Men ones?
0: Yeah, the Marvel ones. The Marvel Studios ones
3: the avengers yes
2: I, I think uh, it was it's tough because brian cranston was kind of like the he sort of stole the show for the beginning of that movie
0: well, See, i saw it but I yeah brian can Brian cranston being even in that movie yeah he's, he's How only is only that
3: even like, possible
2: he's only he's in like a half hour maybe or something
3: it was like the only person i cared about in the whole thing what about uh godzilla
2: i <laughs> uh, needed more weird. godzilla
1: well, that's fair <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like I really connected with Godzilla <laughs> in this one. <laughs> not relatable.
0: <laughs> Did you guys watch the uh prequel? What?
3: Which is, what's that?
0: Uh Kong Skull Island? Oh no, I haven't. Seen.
3: Oh yeah. I have not seen that.
0: Yeah, I watched that. And that was not great.
3: Well, I thought it was pretty good.
0: <laughs> I liked Godzilla better. There was just a lot of parts in uh Kong Skull Island where I was like this is kind of dumb.
2: Yeah. I think maybe I went into Kong Skull Island thinking it was going to be dumb, so I loved it, but oh, I went into God. Godzilla, like, oh, I fucking love Godzilla, and then I was pissed. <laughs> but only until like three weeks after I saw it in the theater, because after the right after it, I was like, yeah, that movie was awesome. <laughs> when he breathed, fire out his throat, that was sweet.
1: <laughs> but we're not here today to talk about Kong Skull Islands. <laughs> it's actually... Or Godzilla or Godzilla, it is actually our 11th installment of our Mary Marvel Movie March, and we just watched the 2002 movie Spider-Man. Woo! Huh. Yay! <laughs> is Adam you, got you got it right. <laughs> I know. I looked it up on the website <laughs> while you guys were talking.
0: <laughs> I'm so used to you being one behind, Then I was like, well, I don't think we've gotten to 10 yet, but maybe. Now I need to look. But no, yeah, you're right. This is episode 11. You don't have to uh, re-record this. (laughs) But yes, we've moved forward approximately two months into the future from, um, I believe, March for uh, Blade 2 to May for Spider-Man. And uh, this movie had a very long, somewhat troubled, and frequently just insane development, hell history, that I want to talk a little bit about. To start off, because some of it's just amazing.
2: If you don't mind, I I don't. I'd, okay. I'd like some some insight. We
3: start at the beginning because I remember nineteen eighties Marvel comics talking about how they were going to do a Spider Man movie.
0: Right. You basically need to start here because aspects of this story are incredible. I'm getting this from Wikipedia as always, but it all seems to be properly cited. So, uh but basically, it seems that Superman three in uh, nineteen eighty three bombed more or less the Richard Pryor one. And so studios were more or less put off comic book movies, which meant that any studios interested in comic book movies tended to be lower budget studios, such as Canon Films. I believe we've talked about Canon Films in the past before. The uh, purveyors of such things as Over the Top, Hmm. uh, Break into Electric Boogaloo, (laughs) uh, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, about like 7,000 Chuck Norris movies. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> yeah that, that that's what canon films was so but no marvel so, movies right so marvel options spider-man to canon films in like 85 or so and uh canon films apparently misunderstands what spider-man's about because they apparently did zero research on this at all so they end up writing a treatment where spider-man is Bombarded with radiation and becomes half man, half spider, (laughs) like with eight arms and things (laughs) and rebels against the scientists that created him and ends up fighting the scientists and the scientists, all his like mutants or something and some sort of like Dr. Moreau situation or something. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. So Stan Lee apparently got wind of this and was just like, uh, no, try again. So he got them to do a, another treatment that was a little bit closer in line to you know, the comic book Spider-Man. And the number so, of
3: limbs in half.
0: Right. Uh, apparently Doc Ock was going to be the, uh, the main villain at one point. But uh, in the meantime, Canon Films were making Superman 4 and Masters of the Universe. So that meant that Spider-Man didn't, there wasn't money left over for Spider-Man. So Spider-Man's budget got slashed way out. So that meant that there was a lot of like uh, crew turnover is like the director was like, well, I can't do it for that little money and stuff like that. So it was kind of running for a while, like in development process. And then Canon films more or less splits into uh, 21st century films who you may recall from the 1990 Captain America movie. Uh, They also had the Spider-Man rights. So they were working on that at this point it seems that uh, James Cameron's company, Carolco Pictures, gets involved. Like, apparently James Cameron wrote, like, a, a, like a script or a treatment or something for Spider-Man uh, that they were going to work on, that, that, that this is going to be the thing they filmed. You know, so, you know, various drafts and things happened. Uh, but the problem is that, like, uh, they just can't get this thing going. But in addition to that, what happens is that when they draft up the contract for James Cameron to make Spider-Man. The Carolco lawyers literally just used the Terminator 2 contract as the template. And the, there's, there's a clause in there that says that Cameron gets decision rights on movie and advertising credits. But that's a problem because uh, Menahem Golan, one of the people of canon films and 21st century film, his contract says that basically he gets credit choice. <laughs>
4: so
0: They sort of like sue each other back and forth. In the midst of all this, Carol Co., 21st Century, and Marvel all go bankrupt. So we're at about 1995, 1996. Uh So So if you're a Marvel Comics person, you'll recall this is the period in which Marvel was doing really, really badly. And they had to get basically bought by Toy Biz, the toy company. So 21st Century film, their assets get acquired by MGM. But meanwhile, uh, Marvel licensed Spider-Man rights to Columbia uh, Pictures, you know, part of Sony. So MGM disputes that, says because they have the Spider-Man rights because they took, they absorbed Canon, 21st Century, and Carol Co. And Marvel essentially argues, no, those rights reverted. We can do what we want. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Here's where it gets amazing. <laughs> so this is the part where Alex should probably be here but are you familiar with a little movie called never say never again
3: um oh is that the James Bond film that's made by a different company
0: yes it is
3: yeah it's basically a remake of Thunderball
0: right because (laughs) basically there was a long-running dispute between uh Eon Pictures and uh like co-author on Thunderball Kevin McClory about who owned what into the Thunderball rights. And eventually at some point like Kevin McClory won, and that's why they're able to basically remake Thunderball as never say never again. (laughs) So, so Columbia announces that they're going to make their own James Bond series based on the Kevin McClory material, because that's fair game. (laughs) What? Yes. (laughs) So here's the situation. MGM is the home of the main Bond film line. They're also claiming they have rights to Spider-Man. Columbia also claiming they have rights to Spider-Man, but also that they have rights to make these alternate James Bond movies. And basically, as far as I can tell, based on the way all the agreements happened, these are all legally valid claims that they have. So potentially MGM and Columbia could have competing Bond films And they could also have competing Spider-Man films.
3: (laughs) And they could have competing mashups between the two. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, in about
0: 1999 or so, MGM and Columbia come to an agreement where Columbia will give up the bond rights. They'll allow MGM to buy back that series so this never happens again. The McClory stuff. In exchange for... (laughs) MGM agrees to give up the Spider-Man rights and let that go to Columbia. And so that finally paves the way for this
1: 2002 movie of Spider-Man. So it wasn't that no one wanted to make a Spider-Man movie. It was just in legal limbo for that long.
0: It was in legal limbo for that long slash they didn't actually have the money to like make it because it kept going to low budget things. Because the, oh, yeah. the, high, the high budget people weren't interested in, right? And by the time they were interested in, right, the rights were tied up. So so that brings us to the 2002 Sam Raimi film, Spider-Man, which I believe we are, as Michigan State alumni, legally required to mention that he attended Michigan State for like half a semester.
1: Yep, that's true. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> they made sure to tell us that during orientation. <laughs> Did they tell you that during
0: your orientation, Doug and Paul?
3: I don't think so. I don't remember I just, anything about
0: noteworthy dropouts. Well, I remember they told us about like all the great people who had gone to Michigan State, right? Because they're trying to get you like excited. Yeah. And the two names that I remember were Sam Raimi, who they conveniently left out that he had only gone for like a semester and dropped out. <laughs> and and <laughs> Jim Cash, uh, who had written such films as Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Because uh, I... I don't was was I there with you for that, Charlie? It might have been. I mean I remember there was the they made a joke about Anaconda.
0: Right. <laughs> I just feel like I looked over at sometime. They weren't claiming it was a
1: masterpiece, yeah. Right. And I was just like, Anaconda, really? <laughs> <laughs> so MSU's best and brightest. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: so I'm assuming everyone here had previously seen Spider Man.
1: Oh yes, yes. Multiple times. It's yeah. probably yeah. my third viewing i'd say third or fourth
0: okay so yeah. so on par you'd say with your viewings of episode four a new hope
1: <laughs> yeah yeah close yep oh new hope okay. might be like one one more time okay and how many times have you seen last jedi at this point uh i have seen it once oh wow <laughs>
3: which, which movie did you like better
1: I, I don't know we'll have to go to the tape i think roll tape of
0: Alex saying eight (laughs) eight Eight better than four (laughs) Uh, so at the if you can remember back over 15 years ago how did you feel about Spider-Man at the
2: time like after seeing the movie where you're like
0: oh wow that was great or that was okay or uh, they ruined Spider-Man
2: I think I probably thought it was great at the time the best of my memory yeah like, I thought it was crazy.
1: I thought it was great and I was excited about the potential future of that franchise and comic book movies in general. It's the first time I really thought that they had sat down and done it in a way that I was like, yes, this is going to be successful. I mean it's easy to say that in yeah. hindsight, but I, I at least think I remember <laughs> thinking that at the time.
3: <laughs> yeah, I remember at the time it was still like it was kind of breaking into the mainstream. Uh,
0: it does at the time it set the record for being the first film to pass hundred million dollars in a single weekend Ooh. and after adjusting for inflation. Well, so yeah, it, it did very well.
1: It's funny that you mentioned that that came only two months after Blade 2. Yes, I would have guessed that there was more time difference than that. Like, just compare like the effects, and so yeah, I think mostly the effects I would say were. We're quite a bit better in this one compared to Blade, and I didn't think in Blade Two they were that bad. But I think it appears more than two months have elapsed since Blade Two.
0: Yeah, I actually found myself very impressed with the CG effects in this. Like there were very few shots where I was like, "Oh, that's a computer generated shot." I was more often it was the case when I noticed something. It was like, "Oh, like their lighting's not quite right between the green screen and the background plate." <laughs> right, like practical effects stuff. Oh, was, yeah,
1: to mean more noticeable than the CG stuff. And there was a lot of daylight scenes, so they weren't trying to cover up any of the CG. And then even the parts—well, it's a comic book movie, right? So even the parts where it seemed a little bit cartoony, it was fine. Right, they didn't try to mm-hmm. cover it up or hide it. They kind of played into it a little bit. I mean, those scenes with him jumping a little bit—I mean, sort of exaggerated movements and things like that—but I thought it worked extremely well. Even now.
2: Yeah, I actually that was probably it. I I didn't expect the effects to age as well as they did, because yeah, they didn't really stand out. You know, I was like, oh, okay, two thousand two. This is you know, I'm gonna get ready for some for like a rubbery looking Spider Man, just stretch Armstronging all over the place or whatever.
4: <laughs>
2: but yeah, for the most part, I was I was pretty impressed with that aspect. There were others that other things that I remembered quite differently between then and now, though. <laughs>
3: One similarity that I did note between this movie and Blade Two was the people kind of exploding, dissolving, whatever, into skeletons.
0: Oh yeah, that one moment. Except on
3: this time the, it was green, yeah, not <laughs> orange. That
0: moment on the balcony.
2: Yes. Yeah, that was the only effect I remember really standing out as an effect. <laughs> <That's>... Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: well, they didn't do that practically. That's going to get really hot here for a minute. But after that, you won't feel a thing.
3: <laughs> oh, Charlie, they just use wax museum version.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> with with real like human a, skeletons inside. <laughs> like,
2: that's pretty. Now I'm just going to imagine all, you know, all wax mannequins are just have real bones in them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they need structure.
3: I mean, come on. Have you ever felt wax?
2: It's <laughs> soft. It just fell. Yeah, that's why you need those real human bones. <laughs> Nothing else will do.
0: Well, all right, you can donate your body to science or to high fashion.
2: <laughs> to Vincent Price's House of Flax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so one thing I noticed, which uh, maybe was perhaps a bit more obvious in hindsight, now that we've had two other versions of Spider-Man with another coming out later this year. Wait, what? Uh, there's a Miles Morales uh, animated movie coming out in November. Oh. so A theatrically released one. By, Are we uh, going to L- have to watch that? Yes, it is being theatrically released by uh, Lord and Miller, hmm. Charlie's two favorite people in the world.
1: Yeah, my two favorite uh, recently fired directors. <laughs> <laughs> what what a track record. Yeah, my favorite jobless creative team. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think they're jobless. Yeah, that's probably true.
0: But uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, so one of the things I noticed was just how uh, fairly closely this follows the origin of Spider-Man in the comic book. Like they haven't really tweaked too much of his origin here to fit modern quote unquote sensibilities. Uh, the only, the like, main things I noticed that they changed was it's no longer a radioactive spider. Now it's a genetically engineered spider. I don't know if you guys could hear Brianna oh. complaining during that sequence or not. Oh.
3: <laughs> we need oh. we need a new enemy. <laughs> what was wrong with the genetic engineering?
0: Oh, the, I think the way they were like describing how they were doing it, and like the little diagram. She's like, it doesn't work that way. Well, <laughs> said, just watch the movie.
2: <laughs> no. <geez. laughs>
1: Whereas I would be complaining about uh, the radiation explanation. So it's gonna get one of us. <laughs> but we got Hulk coming.
3: Charlie, how do you explain the various foodstuffs that we have that thanks to radiation?
2: Or all the great foodstuffs available to us because of genetically modified organisms. (laughs) Hey, I'm just saying, both these things... All movies get it wrong. (laughs) These are wonders of modern science. Either way,
3: clearly you can make a Spider-Man either way.
0: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so obviously they changed that. But then much of the other stuff was uh, pretty consistent, right? Like, in the comic, he goes to earn money by becoming a wrestler. Uh, I don't believe he fights Macho Man Randy Savage in the comic, but (laughs) it's been a while. I guess I could go back and look.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe that's where Randy Macho Man Savage got his personality from. Oh. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. I really draw my inspiration from Saw McGraw.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, there's Bruce Campbell's cameo in the movie right there as the rain announcer. Enjoyable, as always. Since uh, he has cameos in I think every Sam Raimi film, right? If he's not an actual, if not Ooh. an actual part. <laughs>
1: well, that's a good question. Is
0: there any Sam uh, Raimi film that Bruce Campbell I does not have a in? I don't think he
1: appears in the Wait, was the Evil Dead remake that happened in the last few years, was that also Sam Raimi? Or was that someone else? I think that was also uh, Sam Raimi, and I don't think he was in that. I think he was notably not in that.
0: Did he actually direct that, though? Or did he just mm. produce it? I'm looking right now, and he did not direct
1: it. Oh, okay, well.
0: Stricken
3: from the, the last record. Thing,
0: the last movie he directed was Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh.
3: I don't know that I even know what that movie is.
0: Really? Because you gave it to Brienne for Christmas once.
3: That was Sam Raimi?
0: That was Sam Raimi.
3: Oh, jeez. I didn't realize that.
0: But yeah, the uh, the stuff with uh, uh, Peter Parker getting stiff, so he lets the criminal go by, and then the criminal turns out to be the criminal who kills his Uncle Ben. Like, that's all more or less the same between the two.
3: Joe Cool? Is that
0: his name? I
3: <laughs> No, I believe that's the Batman one.
0: Uh, okay, but... So there's Joe. Joe chills the Batman one, right? Oh, is it? Joe cools the the peanuts Snoopy alter ego. Oh, Oh. (laughs) noted. Noted. uh, Murderer Snoopy.
1: (laughs) Noted. (laughs) Uncle murderer. Yeah, I didn't find much fault in plot points in this one, but the thing that was really unusual was that when the the thief gets away initially and goes into the elevator. The police officer comes up to Peter Parker and criticizes him for not doing the police officer's job of stopping <laughs> the thief. He's like, hey, teenager, why didn't you assault that man who has a gun? Uh, I think it's
0: more along the lines of, hey, teenager, who we've all just seen defeat
1: Bone Saw." I suppose, I guess. <laughs> the police officer was why at didn't the you- uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it they really like to pick and
2: choose their vigilante justice, is what you're <laughs> trying to say. So was the Just wait till officer. he starts saving thousands of people, then get mad at him. Because <laughs> he's eventually going to make a mistake. <laughs>
3: so, so does this mean that the police officer was at the wrestling match so that he could pick up some good tips?
0: <laughs> could be. I mean, he had to be in the building to... S- chase after the thief in the first place, right? So we had to get there somehow. No, oh, that's true. Maybe this is all subtext, I guess. Maybe if I understand correctly, it's Wrestling Fight Club, and below is the police station, and then below <laughs> that is the rave,
1: and below that is the vampire <laughs> rave. That's just the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> You're
3: wrong. It's rave, vampire rave, police station, underground wrestling ring.
1: Oh, uh, it was underground wrestling.
0: I had it backwards.
3: Yes, yes. that's why when he, when Peter was exiting, he hit the up button on the elevator.
0: Oh. Uh, I just thought that's where the, the guy's office was.
2: Oh, huh, I never never noticed that. I had assumed that they were somewhere up. <laughs> I never, never paid attention <laughs> oh, to which way the... the police station. This changes everything. Like, my rating's gonna change on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I had a number in mind, but now...
0: The other thing I thought was interesting is how kind of awful Peter Parker is for the first like forty five minutes of the movie.
2: Yeah. yeah, I remember thinking that the the first time around, but I was like, oh, he, this is basically about evil Peter Parker for like a while.
0: Yeah, like where he's, he's not just
2: quite evil. He's more just got some
3: extreme social problems.
0: Yeah, right,
2: like actual yeah. antisocial behaviors.
3: Yes. Yes, he's very antisocial.
0: Yeah, and then he's just got like these weird, like entitlement feelings. So sometimes I'm just like, "Ew!" But then I think that it was all sort of like intentional on some level to give him somewhere to, you know, bring him down to his low point before you could build him up as Spider-Man.
1: Oh yeah. So yeah.
2: the problem is that at the very beginning he comes across as just like you know you always think oh the the awkward innocent guy he's probably nice. You know but it's like oh no this is more like a real life awkward guy <laughs> right. yeah. <It's> <laughs>
1: it kind of makes more sense than too when he does let the thief go because we've seen like okay well you know he's not this perfect goody two-shoes guy maybe now that he's powerful he's like oh well I can pick and choose what what I'm doing with this power and I don't know I think we yeah if we hadn't established that earlier I think it would have been kind of hard to believe that he would let the thief go yeah
3: I did get the impression that, overall, Spider-Man's world is just an aggressively awful place to live.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Like, not just the Spider-Man side of things. Like, go and look at the Green Goblin side. You have this one general who took over for somebody else who, I don't think they ever even explain why. He just has a bone to pick with Norman Osborn, and it's just like, I don't like you. I'm going to make sure you don't get this contract. I'm going to ruin your entire corporation. What are you going to do about it? Forces Norman to do highly unethical things.
2: It's true. Yeah, really. That's the real villain of this movie was the messed up procurement process.
0: <laughs> it all comes so, back to government. So,
3: honestly, Green Goblin was kind of an American hero when he killed that guy. <laughs> <laughs> A hero for the taxpayers. <laughs>
2: when they say that heroes save us
0: <sighs> uh, the other thing i noticed that i guess slightly surprised me and that my memory was different from it it was that there's not really that many action scenes in this movie it's a lot there's a lot more like character building and
2: dramatic scenes than
0: spider-man swinging around fighting bad guys and stuff scenes like obviously we get like the montage and stuff but
2: I thought the same thing when I first saw it. Like I was like, oh yeah, that's an action movie. And then in retrospect, after all of these uh, many, many more movies have come out, it's like, yeah, that was pretty light on action scenes.
0: And uh, James Franco uh, being, <laughs> looking, being,
2: incredibly
0: being a, young. looking incredibly young and being a terrible, terrible friend. <laughs> Don't know what Seth Rogen saw in him.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just like, oh, I'm going to steal your girl and
3: I didn't have a problem with that, as he said, you know, Peter was never going to make a move, and Peter was kind of
2: terrible anyway.
3: Yeah, right? yeah, so he was kind of right. saving right. like, her. Like that just gets back to the Peter has this weird entitlement thing going on.
0: All right, you're you're right. I withdraw that that particular <laughs> criticism. But the other stuff, like oh, she MJ's holding his hand while they're sitting next to his unconscious aunt. Therefore, it must be something awful. Rather than just like, I'm so sorry about your aunt, Peter. Let me hold your hand in support.
3: Yeah, except he was actually right. Because right before that, MJ had confessed that she was, you know, in love with Spider-Man, who, who's Peter Parker. Right, but, but she doesn't. Peter know Parker knows that.
2: But
0: she doesn't know that.
2: I don't yeah, know, so man. she, maybe Harry, she maybe- was holding his hand as a friend at the <coughs> time, right?
0: Right. I guess we'll have to go back to the tape to see who reached for whose hand.
1: review of the play uh, let's look it up spider-man hand-holding scene
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mary Jane
1: awkward hand-holding
2: gif (laughs) hospital of course there's got to be an an awkward uh...
0: all right (laughs) let's take a look I found the scene
3: look I'm telling you I'm telling you it's a technicality more or less That she didn't know that here we go.
2: She okay. reaches
0: out to him. Although I guess it's after he said that weird thing about looking
2: in her eyes. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she could have been holding his hand kind of out of some sort of, you know, just general flattery or whatever.
0: Yeah. Oh, bless and, you. Mm-hmm.
2: But either way, uh, James Franco, what, what's, <laughs> what's this kid? Either way, James Franco wouldn't have known that. And, you know,
3: you don't think he's just that astute a judge of human character? And he you know, he just walks into the room, and he knows.
2: Well, just I at mean, a
3: glance, he knows.
1: He knows life always gets him down. and can kind of assume the worst.
3: Plus, you know, his dad did plant the seed in his head. That's
1: true. Mm. Yeah, we should talk about
0: Willem Dafoe's uh, tour de force performance as Norman Osborne.
3: I, I found it to be much more sympathetic on this viewing than previous viewings.
0: Yeah, you didn't find it sympathetic before?
3: Uh, Not as much, no.
0: You were just like that guy's crazy. He deserves
3: everything he gets. He's the Green Goblin. He's evil. Yeah.
2: I think I, I, I almost feel the reverse at this point. I don't know. I was a lot less sympathetic to all of the characters just this everyone. time around. Yeah, I don't know why. Get what's over what's yourself,
0: Ant right Man. Come on. <laughs> yeah,
2: <Like> it's <laughs> it's 2017 now. <laughs> we expect you to everyone to be excellent. Paul, <laughs> Paul. Oh, oh.
3: It's 2018. Oh, shoot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. You can go back to being terrible again. (laughs) Nothing to see here.
1: But uh, Norman Osborne, though, I I thought the problem for me this time was the first time we meet him, I think, is in that laboratory where he's insisting that they do tests on human subjects, even though he knows it's not safe.
0: I thought the first time we meet him was when he drops his son off. Oh,
1: yes. That may be the case. Okay. And we
0: already learn
1: at that point he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. So what scene is it that we feel real sympathy for him?
0: Uh, I felt sympathy for him when the board pushed him out after he t- helped turn the company around.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were
0: like, great job. We're getting rid of you. Like, that's the moment where I was like, that's harsh. If ever there was an argument against capitalism, this board
1: scene. well the alternative is vaporizing people adam so i don't know what you want
3: (laughs) hey man wall street is a dog eat dog world or in this case a dog vaporized dog world (laughs) don't hate the player hate the game
0: Like the baby boomers kept making all these movies showing us all the evils of capitalism. Then they were surprised when we turned against it.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the thing I thought uh, really impressed me about Willem Dafoe's performance was the first of the mirror scenes that he performs between like the Green Goblin and then himself. Oh yeah, uh, the 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 first time where he looks in the mirror and sees like the angry version of himself and there's the way it's partly i think the way that sam raimi shoots it but it's not so this first of all predates lord of the Rings two towers with the similar golem sequence
1: oh right that, that's all i was thinking about the whole time and then i yeah right it occurred to me that but that movie won't yet. come out
0: until the end of 2002 yeah so but what i thought was interesting is that because of the way he shoots it right um it's not the case like in the two towers scene right where it's very clearly there's a difference between good Gollum and bad Gollum. Like in this, like you could see like the Green Goblin Osborne, like angrily pointing, holding the paper, but he would have the other like, so the reflection, but also then the real person in the same shot doing the same moves. And then he would, and then Willem Dafoe would then just turn and like, look at like the newspaper that he was holding up like he's like sh- sh- he's like showing himself the newspaper in the mirror and then he like looks at like pulls the newspaper back and looks at it because he's norman osborne star green goblin like at that point and i thought that was actually really interesting that it wasn't like oh there's literally someone in a mirror right it was like no we want to make it clear that this is in fact like a dual personality thing going and i thought that was well handled
1: yeah no I, t- I completely agree i mean sometimes it's hard to when somebody does it that well too it kind of works seamlessly and you don't often think about how much work the actor has to do. Almost twice as much work in some respect, switching between two different characters. Yeah.
0: And then I thought, like, speaking of Sam Raimi, the, one of the interesting things he was doing directly was, in general in this movie, was juxtaposition of things. Like, the way he'd, like, juxtapose, like, the ex- an explosion with flying debris with them throwing their graduation mortar boards into uh, the air. yeah. End.
1: Yeah, the transitions, oh, Things
0: yeah. like that. Or, like, the Green Goblin's transformation and then would suddenly switch, like, the eye, his like green goblin like eye like suddenly switched to like Peter Parker's eyes. He woke up after being turned into Spider Man.
1: Yeah, and it's it's probably a, it might be a screenplay thing then. But the repeated line I hadn't noticed before was Norman saying "Thank God for you, Peter," and then Harry saying it like just a scene or two later. All right. Yeah, I did not really notice that. It's like oh, that's maybe a little a little bit of foreshadowing there.
0: I also like the way uh, Green Goblin dies oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good
4: yeah
0: yeah yeah mainly just the oh i hadn't thought this plan through at all
2: (laughs) (laughs) really really felt like uh felt like norman saying it there
3: you know i mean you see where it hits him though and i kind of get the feeling like maybe if peter had taken him to a hospital instead of his house maybe he could have made it you I, I mean, though. like those, paralyzed, but still.
0: Those were big blades, right? I mean, he would have bled out pretty quick. Because there's no way he can, like, get him and the glider, like, carry the whole thing, right? He has to pull him off that, and at that point.
3: You don't think he would try and use his spider web stuff to staunch the bleeding, sew up the wound?
0: If he has that much like forethought and like calm thinking going, then yeah, but if he's just like, Holy crap, my best friend's dad just tried to kill me after uh you know, I've had a very long, tiring day rescuing like little kids in marriage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's very possible he just didn't think about that.
2: He really should have been thinking even farther into the future and thought, Well, maybe if I drop him off at the hospital i could potentially avoid the risk of creating a new
3: supervillain <laughs> all I about see, choice see, great power comes great responsibility <laughs> and once again he fails that test
1: i did wonder what he thought was going to happen when he took the green goblin back to the apartment to leave him there even if harry hadn't caught him it's like oh i just found my father's bloody corpse <laughs> <laughs> like, With gigantic holes through it, <laughs> wrapped up neatly in a blanket. This is unusual. <laughs> well, no fingerprints. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> yeah, there's. St- I I really highly doubt he wouldn't uh, have pinned it back to Spider-Man either way. You would think. <laughs> I mean, I guess I I suppose you could think you could blame it on blame it on the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he should have done. is stage it.
0: Well, maybe he was going to and then he got interrupted.
2: Yeah, so he just had to had to run. Yeah.
3: So let me get this straight. So if Harry wor- wasn't there, if he didn't show up, then, you know, 5 minutes later, you know, sometime in that span, we would have seen, you know, he sets down Norm Osborne, goes back out to the balcony, grabs the glider and then reinserts it into Norm Osborne.
2: <laughs> yeah. In like a 15 you know, just, minute just long, makes, gruesome, and detailed scene.
3: Yeah, you know, takes a step back, and it's just like, perfect.
1: <laughs> well, then I just imagine the CSI, the crime scene investigation afterwards. No, no, clearly, this glider has been reinserted into the body. <laughs> I've seen this before. Note the
0: congealment patterns on the blades. <laughs> And the lack of blood spatter everywhere? (laughs) This murder happened somewhere else.
2: Let me enhance this for you.
3: I'll
0: have the results within the hour.
3: Wait, hold on, hold on. So when Norm Osborne died, he was wearing the green goblin armor, right? Right. And when he gets set down on the couch, is he still wearing the green goblin armor?
0: Oh, Peter's undressed him.
3: Where did the green goblin armor go?
0: It's with the glider. It's out on the balcony. (laughs) It's about to get incinerated.
3: Right. Wait, incinerated why?
0: Well, so part of Peter's plan is to burn down the entire penthouse so that it looks like the Green Goblin was killed in the fire that Norman Osborn started while fighting off the Green Goblin.
3: And naturally, you know, if anyone else is in the building, he can just rescue them as Spider-Man, right? Right. This truly this, is a very dark version of Peter Parker.
1: This is a can't loose scenario.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is about a boy who got in over his head. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was he was just looking, you know, he's just trying to he's very utilitarian about it. He needed to <laughs> minimize future <laughs> losses.
0: Spider Man is played by Todd Margaret. <laughs>
3: Who's Todd
0: Margaret? Uh, Somebody who keeps making, who keeps lying about things that get him into deeper and deeper trouble.
3: Oh, oh!
0: He can't ever a TV
3: show. Yeah,
0: Yeah. he can't ever admit that he lied about something. He just has to tell another lie to corroborate the previous lies. Then it just gets bigger and bigger.
3: Okay.
0: And I believe it ends with the world dying in nuclear hellfire.
2: (laughs) This is getting too real, guys. Also played
3: by Toby McGuire. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's a uh, David Cross, but
3: oh, okay. How'd you? Yeah, what did
0: you guys think of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man?
3: Um, okay for a first try. There was one scene I think when uh, I think it was after uh, Uncle Ben died, where he's supposed to be distraught, but he's like he's like crying but smiling at the same time, and it's really awful.
2: So when uh, he goes okay. up into his
3: bedroom, like he does not do a very good job of distraught. There,
0: I don't know. I didn't have any problems with it. As evidenced by the fact that I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So I guess I'm just saying your mileage may vary.
2: I think I've honestly, I've seen so little other Spider-Men that like (laughs) Spider-Man McGuire is. He kind of is Spider-Man to me a little bit.
0: Oh, not,
2: not aside from, you know, as far as like live action human person.
0: It's not Nicholas Hammond. I thought you kept I thought you kept falling asleep to the uh, late seventies live action Spider-Man oh,
2: TV. Series. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get far <laughs> I didn't get far enough to get the mask off.
0: <laughs> well, I guess you have that treat to look forward to.
2: Yeah, uh, I haven't seen like the amazing Spider-Man or or Andrew
0: Garfield years and the Tom Holland years and whoever's gonna be next.
2: I guess I did see Avengers Civil War with a, an appearance of the whoever that knew. Tom Holland. So, yeah, that yeah, Tom Holland, Spider
3: Man. That one was okay, but uh he does a better job when he, once it's his own movie.
0: Yeah, for me, uh Brienne commented at one point. She's like, Wow, remember when it was just like unthinkable that they would ever replace Tobey Maguire as Spider Man? And I was like <laughs> I was like, Yeah, no, nah. I'm like sitting here watching this, kind of wishing it was Tom Holland. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just wasn't as likable as I remembered him. I was like, oh, what well, yeah. char- charming Toby Maguire. And
0: yeah, <laughs> I remember one of the
2: com- <laughs> it's kind of a jerk.
0: <laughs> one of the complaints at the time was that um, they kind of leaned pretty heavy on the angsty side of things. And they didn't really give you that much of a sense of the fun of oh, being the Spider-Man. Guy. The wisecracking and like enjoying swimming around the city and stuff like
1: that. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. There's very little wisecracking.
0: Yeah. You, you, you like get the sense more that like he's doing this because he feels he owes it to his Uncle Ben rather than for any other reason, like that he enjoys it himself or at all and anything like that. Like he's, he's doing out a sense of guilt rather than anything yeah, else. I can see that.
2: Because it's like he, he has that fun period at the beginning, you know, when he's jumping through the rooftops and learning how to shoot his webs that grow out of his wrist. Is is that a, so, so maybe that, someone who's more familiar with Spider-Man can set me straight, I thought he built those.
3: Yes, so that's a
0: that, difference
2: between the
3: comic books and the movie.
0: That is an an artifact from the James Cameron drafts, apparently, hmm. that made it all the way through to the final product. was organic web shears
2: just I, it just creeps me out i don't like holes being in people where they're not supposed to be that much you know especially when things shoot out of them just, not that there's anything wrong if, if you have holes where you know where they shouldn't be but you know if, if they're the result of you know a genetically modified spider
1: <laughs> now, i'll agree with you i thought it was a little it bothered me at the time it still bothers me a little bit but once he gets the suit on and we stop having the close up shots of his wrist, yeah, and kind of forget it's about it. To
2: kind of forget about, out of sight, out of mind. Like, <laughs> yeah, the webs come out. Seems like you'd have to really consciously learn, like, not to misfire them too. Which I guess they kind of show that. So that was a good move.
0: Oh, and then one thing I wanted to mention is that I'm impressed at how close they got to matching the hair of J. Jonah Jameson. And his assistant oh, yeah. Betty Brant to the actual comic Steve Ditko style hair. Ah, oh, yeah. Thought that was pretty well done. I actually really like J.K. Simmons in this role, just in general. I think he does a great job.
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He's that. That's another. That's another thing where I'm like, yeah. To me, it's almost like he is the guy, is the character. And
1: then,
0: uh...
2: oh, Mang- Manteglio, yeah,
0: uh, Manan Mananello, yeah, yeah, Mananello. Joe Mananello uh, as Flash Thompson in this before going on to be uh, Deathstroke oh, in Flash, Justice League.
1: Yeah. And he was in that Pee-wee movie that came out recently.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's in the final scene of Justice League. Yes? Deathstroke.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say, there's a lot of people in this movie. Some were cameos because they were you know established before this, but other people I was kind of surprised at. Like Octavia Spencer was there yeah, for right. that one scene. I was like, oh, I know who that is now. <laughs> From uh, Hidden Figures, Signing him in for the wrestling match, I think. it was.
2: Oh, that's oh, where... I was like, trying to figure oh, out where I had seen her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was someone else, kind of... Uh,
1: there was one comedian whose name escapes me that was oh, one of the Jim guys Norton? on the street. Jim Norton, yeah, was the guy yeah, on the street. Yeah, you just like, got oh. that
2: one line. like. <laughs>
1: Like Spider-Man's an asshole or something like that. Was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we saw in the credits Lucy Lawless was in there somewhere. Then I completely missed it. Yep. And of course, Ted Raimi. We all knew was going to be in there, but Oops. it's always Ted, fun to see Ted, Ted Raimi, Raimi. Show up, show up every no single film? Ted Raimi is. No? You would You'd recognize him. Absolutely you would.
0: He's the one with glasses in the, in the office, in the Daily Bugle.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, that's Ted Raimi from SeaQuest. Okay.
1: Wow,
3: there's an old one. Yeah. Ooh, dredging up some old memories there.
1: <laughs>
3: Need to get home. I hear the dog from Frazier is going to ride the dolphin from Seaquest.
0: Oh, Tony'd watch that.
3: <laughs>
0: no Tony today?
2: No, he, uh, he had his, his uh, Friday Sporkle.
1: You know what's kind of funny? It was that when the narration at the very beginning of the movie started, it started kind of soft, and I was like, "Oh, that kind of like is Tony there? Is he watching the movie with us too?" Like <laughs> Toby Maguire filtered through Skype, and the opening narration kind of sounded like Tony.
3: <laughs> nice. I had the same feeling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wait. Are we sure that Tony isn't just played in real life by Tobey Maguire?
0: No. I mean, I think they're both about the same height.
3: I mean, he is an actor. (laughs) He's got the chops to pull it off. Have you ever seen your friend Tony and Tobey Maguire in the same room at the same time?
0: Only once, but it was at a distance.
3: (laughs) Hmm.
1: (laughs) So I wanted to ask. So it felt like to me that this was the first time I saw this movie was the time I realized that a kind of nerd or geek culture was kind of going mainstream in a way that I hadn't really felt before. I know I'm sure it has started happening before this with like X-Men or any number of other things, but I was really surprised at how well this movie did at the box office and that everyone seemed interested in seeing it.
0: It did very well. Uh, as far as American box office receipts, it is the highest grossing Marvel movie until The Avengers. Wow. Yeah, uh, I think it's like second place if you take overall uh, worldwide into account. I think Spider-Man Three edges it out.
1: Well, but yeah, I guess I have to take that back a little bit because I guess Lord of the Rings had started before that, but still, it's, it's kind of it's, it's early two thousands. Yeah, it's this huge wave yeah. of that.
0: Star Wars was back. Lord of the Rings coming out. You oh, had yeah. s- those yeah. rise of superhero movies, despite the efforts of some subsequent films we're going to watch to try and kill those.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and uh, obviously, we need to have a married Marvel movie March song off.
1: Oh, Ooh. yeah. All right. Ooh. So which which of the songs during the credits are we using? Are we going to use the Sum 41 song? Uh, no, I would just
0: say Hero that one was terrible that one didn't seem to have anything to do with anything that was just like oh man the credits are still running well I guess it's just whatever was next on the iPod shuffle <laughs>
2: <laughs> just think of the much like what, what's really this year like what what's 2002 in a nutshell let's put that
0: what the hell is happening Oh, <laughs>
1: you weren't here when I hooked up my iPhone so that I, I could actually play the song as we talk about it. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite part of this song, Adam? Uh, the part where it's over. Oh, okay. There you go.
3: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do we have to have a song off between that and the other movies or between that and the Spider-Man theme?
0: Uh the thing I, I noticed t- about the Spider-Man theme is that the rhythm gets really drunken the further in they get trying to make the <laughs> words fit the pre recorded melody. Where it just got like really like triplety, dupley, just like back and forth, where it just sounded like they just were wrong. <laughs> yeah.
2: I would so say that's a real good scat.
1: Yeah. I would almost say that this that Spider Man theme doesn't count. <laughs> Because it's not well, originally yeah. from this. So I don't think okay. we... Uh, I think we disqualify that. We disqualify some 41 because, you know, why? So we're, we're down <laughs> to that. But what, what were our other contenders at this point?
0: Uh, so far, it's Howard the Duck mm-hmm. from Howard the Duck. It's Home of the Brave from Captain America because Paul loves that song.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's Men in Black from Men in Black. There might have been a Blade Two song that we never really talked about. So you can't really count that. So it's probably those three and then Hero from uh, this movie, which is (laughs) Spider-Man. I think for me, Hero is probably at the bottom of the list. (laughs) Really? Uh, Wow. Well, I definitely like Howard the Duck more than Hero. And I definitely (laughs) like Men in Black more than Hero. And as Paul has pointed out, Home of the Brave
1: is America. So (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd say... Well, Men in Black is obviously better. And then the other songs are just good in a really unexpected way. I kind of really didn't know that those songs were coming in the credits. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Whereas this song, I mean, we heard it. We heard it for years after
2: this. Yeah, that's the tough part, I think. It's very hard to be detached so, from it.
3: So the question is then, you hate it because it's a bad song or is it just
2: overplayed? It
0: could be two things.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like, it's like an overplayed, not that great song. (laughs) Uh,
0: Let's see. Peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. Okay. Number one on the alternative and mainstream rock charts. Okay. Number two on mainstream top 40. Number five on U.S. adult top 40. So, yeah, it did pretty well.
2: I I remember actually kind of liking the song a little bit at the time. Especially because it got me hyped up for the movie. You know, you kept seeing it in those in those previews, but doesn't hold up to the oversaturation.
0: Yeah. I mean, just the, the fact that Charlie started to play it just now and it was like the third time I had heard it tonight and I was like, OK, I'm over this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was like It's like listening to an hour of the radio. back
0: in uh, 2002. <laughs> Oh, Big Mike FM's and their hero rock block. <laughs> <laughs> next up an hour of hero by chad kroger featuring josie scott <laughs> all right so then uh overall how many genetically engineered spiders would you give spider-man let's start with doug
3: by doing this in context of the others or just some sort of on its own rating
0: I guess, however, you've been rating the previous movies, right?
3: Okay, well, let me go pull that up. Oh, no, here we go. Here we go. I feel, I feel reinforced on what I was going to give it, which is eight.
0: So, for you, this is on par with the original X-Men.
3: Yes. Uh, oddly enough, I felt the move. The ending of the movie was really strong, a lot stronger than the beginning.
0: Yeah, I'd agree uh, with that.
3: So my, so like as I was watching it, the number was you know just kept ticking up and up.
0: What about you, Paul? Hmm. Keeping in mind that you gave Howard the duck a six, Always I gave Howard in the mind. duck
2: a six, huh?
0: Yeah, I'll never forget that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really painted myself in a corner with that one.
0: Yeah, you didn't rate Howard the duck high enough.
2: Yeah, it's true. I, now I, yeah, um, I think I'll give it uh, seven genetically. Engineered spiders.
0: So, so better than Blade Two, but not as good as Blade One or X Men.
2: <sighs> yeah, yeah, supposed uh, so.
0: on par with the 1990 Captain America movie.
2: <laughs> you know what? If we're going by just like my sheer enjoyment, yeah, yeah sure, your, yeah your personal enjoyment, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the, by by far the movie I've seen the most of anything we've seen so far. <laughs> okay. It's it's kinda difficult to detach from nostalgia slash whatever sort of anti nostalgia you have for it. Gotcha. So I think it's I think a seven's pretty fair.
0: Okay. You don't wanna go seven five, let's not get crazy here.
2: (laughs) No, I I gotta I gotta say well, hold on. I gotta think of where where, where two and three are gonna land because I should maybe give myself some wiggle room for uh, three.
0: I just assume that's a ten.
2: yeah i'll stick with seven all
1: right charlie uh so i can't give it higher than men in black i realize because i think i like oh i can i i've got room up there but men in black was really good too so i'm gonna i'm gonna tie give a tie score of 8.5 i i really like this one i mean i forgot too how i guess bright it is compared to other movies we've seen just from a visual standpoint. It's just really fun to watch. It's true. It's true. And funny. And, you know, sympathetic characters that you're interested in. I mean, yeah,
0: I, I think for myself, I actually had this kind of weird feeling
1: like, I don't
0: know if you guys do this, but like before we actually watch the movies, I've kind of already cheated a bit. If I've seen the movie and kind of have a feeling of like, oh, I really like this movie. I'm probably going to give it like a, a nine or something. Right. So but it's so like going into it. My feeling was like, oh, yeah, I really remember liking Spider-Man one really, really well. Like, I'll probably give it like a nine or something. But then when I watched it, like I just noticed like there were moments like particularly in the beginning where it's like, oh, wow, Peter Parker's really uncomfortable to be around. And there's just moments that don't work. Quite as well as I remembered them working. And while there are lots of great movies, like moments in the movie, like that just wasn't quite up to the level I sort of remembered it at. So I think I'm going to put it at uh, eight genetically engineered spiders. So for me, Mm -hmm. I think this is actually probably slightly below X Men, which I gave an 8.5 to. So you
2: gave Uh, it one
3: spider for each leg.
2: Yes. Hmm. Yes. So. Wow. I just envisioned like a fractal spider. Just. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> every leg is another spider
3: Ah, <laughs> oh, pleasant dreams tonight
4: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right so thanks for joining us everyone and uh we'll be back next time with our 12th installment of the Mary marvel movie march we're going to move forward two more months To deal with our next sequel, the 2002 movie, Men in Black 2.
3: Ooh, a movie I have not seen.
0: movie I've only seen once.
1: That doesn't bode well.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll find out next time.
1: But it has Patrick Warburton.
0: Don't spoil it for Doug.
3: (laughs) I already knew Patrick Warburton's in it.
0: My memory is he's the best
3: part of that
2: movie. (laughs) So,
0: thanks again to our guests, uh, Doug Gobeski.
2: Good to be
0: here and Paul Wilcox,
2: it's been a pleasure.
0: And uh, my name was Is Did I already do this? I'm Adam Gobeski,
2: uh,
1: nope. And I'm Charlie Wallace. All right,
0: so see you next time when we will discuss something non Marvel related. Most likely, we'll probably end up talking about something. I have no idea what's on the, the agenda <laughs> next.
2: <laughs> I'm just sitting here staring at right said Fred, just. <laughs> <laughs> thinking how do we top
0: that mm. <laughs> <laughs> vroom, vroom, vroom. Vroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's our show don't forget you can check us out on facebook just like the gobesky wallace report and you can also follow us on twitter at gw report
1: and check out our website the dot that's probably the important bit well, yeah, I guess all the other links are there. So <laughs> if you remember one thing, remember that. Not your name, but <laughs> <wallace> com <report.com. laughs> More important than your name. I don't remember. So my common complaint about movies, I don't remember it being that long. <laughs> It is like, well, how long was it, like two fifteen, something like that? <laughs> no, no <laughs> what was it, it,
2: it, it, it somewhere was, between two and fifteen it, it
0: was two hours almost exactly. Oh, okay, well, I guess you can... <laughs> and that, that assume, and that assumes you paid attention to all the credits. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> well, that was pretty long for a for a comic book movie back then, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah uh, I don't know. I feel like that's about standard, right two hours i think honestly my statement was based on the fact that you had said that we would record approximately two hours and 25 minutes after that, oh that's that because i oh. assume
0: <laughs> that's because i assume it'll take us that long to set everything
1: up and get everyone going oh okay fair enough
2: paul's gotta eat his cookies and stuff you know
1: right <laughs> i'll splice that together in some entertaining way <laughs> don't wait don't you worry <laughs> Never do. It's
2: good material. Can't let (laughs) it go to waste. Save everything. (laughs)